0: Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous changemakers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Men on Purpose podcast, where we celebrate men on purpose, and we provide our listeners with wisdom and immediately actionable steps to be more purposeful, powerful, and positive in their impact and in their leadership. This is your host, Ian Lobos, and today, I always say a special guest, but this guest today is really special to me. Somebody that helped me on my personal development journey more in depth than i think he even knows. So our guest today is Philip Shepard, and if you haven't heard of Philip Shepard, you you want to stay tuned. There's so much i could say about him. I'm going to read his bio real quick and then we're going to talk about all the fun things that Philip does with personal development and and beyond. Originated the embodiment present process, a uh, unique step of practices that reunite the intelligence of the head with that of the body. He's the author of two groundbreaking books, uh, New Self, New World, and Radical Wholeness, which is by far my favorite book. He's also developed an app based on his work, which can be found at tepp.life. His work draws on experimental research and adventure that includes cycling alone as a teenager through Europe and the Middle East and Iran and India and Japan, and a lifetime of acting, directing, and writing for theater. And he currently travels around the world now sharing his workshops and facilitating trainings. Philip, this is an honor and a privilege, and I'm excited. And we had a conversation the other day. Let me tell the audience how I know you. So in 2017, then that's when Radical Wholeness came out, yeah? Yeah, exactly. In 2017, I was working with uh, my dear friend Rhonda, and she said to me, you are trapped between your head and your body. And I need you to read this book. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to take a stand for you to read this book. And I started reading this book and I couldn't get past the first two pages because the depth of every sentence, the way it was crafted, and in your words, the way that you started and and understood where the yarn, how it spins up and how how it unfolds itself, I was captivated. And it wasn't just the writing. It was the depth of knowledge and research and the connection that it had with me, not only like wanting to learn more, but wanting to push myself to understand what the hell this guy was talking about. <laughs> it, was so, it, was, it was beyond me in some capacities. And I had to push myself to learn because it was deep. It was deeper than a lot of writing that I'd ever experienced, but it was also simple enough to understand it's just that my brain hadn't heard it like that ever. That simple and one sentence, I think some people would have to write like two chapters for one sentence that's in this book. So without further ado, <laughs> Philip Shepard is here with us today and we're going to talk about some really amazing stuff. Philip, welcome to Mental Purpose Podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to be here, Ian. Thanks. Yeah. You so- yeah. So today, we're going to be taking
1: the audience through a journey of, <laughs> I, don't even know. I, I honestly, I, there's so many things I could ask you and we talk about this all the time. There's so many things I could ask you, but where, like, where do we begin? Where would you choose to begin? Is it with choice? Is it with the body? Is it with like, where, where should we start today?
0: I mean, my, my inclination is to begin where Radical Wholeness, the book began, yes. which is why this work was developed. Why my journey was necessitated as a teenager, you know, to take off. And I grew up in the suburbs. I mean, I was lucky because it was just at the edge of farmland. So I had access to the wild through my childhood, but, but it's like, it was as though all the adults in the world were play acting through this fantasy and encouraging me to come and join it. And it's like, wake up, people. This is insane what you are dedicating yourself to. And of course, I went through the high school system, and it's like I'm in a medium, the medium of my culture, that I have taken into my body since I was an infant, its values, its hierarchies, its way of seeing things, its way of understanding what it means to be human. And that, I felt that as a violation of my being. The sense was that my being was being corroded like a mm-hmm. flake of steel in salt water, and and I was losing it. And I fought it and fought it, but I think the most difficult thing in the world is to question what you've grown up with as normal. Yeah. How do you even see it? <laughs> right. So so I realized that either I I stay and die and feel myself subsiding, or I take off. And you know, it was insane. I was 18, I went to England, I bought a bike and said, I'm heading for Japan. And <laughs> I didn't fully expect to come back alive. I mean, how do you how do you cycle across the Middle East and say, "Oh, I'll be fine." Right. Um, but I, I mean, the the crux of it is, if I stayed in my home, I would die, or the, uh, this crucial part of me would die. And I came to life on that bike trip, and I passed through so many different cultures, and each culture presents a story of what it means to be human. And the customs and the language and the hierarchies of that culture reinforced the story. Yeah, And I passed through so many different ways of understanding what it means to be a human. But the only time I felt culture shock was after two years of being away, I returned home.
1: Oh, and yeah. suddenly
0: this world is bizarre and arbitrary. <laughs> and so I'd come home with the ability to begin to hold to account the very structures I'd habituated to, structures of thinking and understanding.
1: What was it about the letting go process? Do you know what you let go of in order to, you know, you say if you would have stayed, you, you were going to die in the current culture you were in when you were 18. And when you left, seeing those other cultures, they didn't have something that, you're, that the culture you left had so what was it that you feel like you released that allowed you to be free to live your life the way you wanted
0: it didn't feel so much that i was releasing as that i was gaining choice mm, okay and by by seeing new choice new ways of doing things then i could bring questions to bear so i'll give you an example where i grew up customarily you sit down to a meal and you got your Placement and your knife and fork and your glass and your chair and this is your space and if sally to your right wants the salt to your left sally has to say philip would you please pass me the salt and i convey it safely through my space because god forbid (laughs) she's not allowed into my space and i get it to sally and she takes it and uses it so we have we have this boundary of the self in which we feel safe and we defend. So contrast that. Hmm. I'm in the south of India. I've been following a theater troupe around. They do something called Kathakali, which is this amazing dance drama that's acted out to the stories from the Mahabharata and the Ramayana. And the show begins at sunset and it goes all night long and concludes with the rising sun. And I got to know the actors, and they invited me to a meal. So we're in this hut, sitting on the floor. My plate is a palm leaf, and the food's just in the middle, and everyone's reaching and jostling, There no, and there is this communion happening. So it wasn't until I came home that I saw the placemat and the chair for what they were and could liberate myself from that unseen necessity.
1: I love that. So let's stay on that power of choice because that's a, that's something that's big within the book and it's something that's, it's big within all of our lives, whether you realize it or not, the power of choice is a, is a journey that will enable the most powerful being in your words. And I, I always, whenever I coach people, I always tell them, I know sometimes this is challenging And you have choice in how you react and how it affects you and how then you take that and put your tone out or your reaction to the reaction or whatever it might be. And it's a vicious cycle that you start with one choice. And so I want you to fill our audience in about that concept from your head, from your knowledge
0: and experience. Yeah, there's sort of two ways for me in which choice shows up. One is just recognizing in the moment that you have choice and being able (laughs) to exercise that. The other is recognizing how many choices your culture has systematically deprived you of. Hmm. We learn how to speak from our culture. We learn how to see from our culture. We learn how to breathe from our culture. So in our culture, when someone speaks, they stop the breath when they're thinking And the breath is intermittent. I mean, I'm exaggerating it, but, but the whole of the body is not present when we speak. The voice can arise from every cell in your body as the breath releases, but we don't even, we breathe from the sternum. I mean, that's what we're taught. (sighs) Take a breath in, take a deep breath and, and we muscle the breath. Well, you can release the body to the in-breath you can bring your awareness deep into the body and feel the outbreath and then just let go as you let go in that way you're releasing the body not just to the breath you're releasing the body to the present you're releasing the body to your truth in this moment so most of my work is about peeling back the choices that we've been deprived of and new sensitivity so that when you make a choice, it's a choice that is aligned with your being rather than disconnected and up in the head.
1: What would you say to somebody who is, you know, a little bit newer on their journey and desires to make significant change in their lives? And they hear you saying, it's your choice, just take a breath and you can just release things. I remember hearing, because it's, it's funny because you read the book on Audible, Radical Wholeness, and i listen to you even now and i'm i like get lost in how i felt back then with anxiety and and panic and depression and and these feelings of anger and your voice kind of calms me and i i want to take it back to that person who was in my shoes at that point right now listening to this and saying i i i hear you and i feel like you're not right but i feel like that that could serve me how do i even begin there's so many outside influences affecting my life that i don't have a choice with i, I that, that just happened to me and happened to me and happened over here and i have debt and i have a job and i have kids and i have like how do you help somebody step 1 through that path
0: yeah i mean it's a great question because the actual journey is endless right my journey into wholeness isn't going to conclude one morning when I wake up and say, ah, finally I'm whole. Now what's next on the agenda? <laughs> right. It's unending evolution. And so the beginning of that journey, you know, if I were to cue someone in a way that might spark an exploration, I might say, allow yourself to feel the breath moving in and out of your body as gently as you possibly can. And then do it more gently and more gently and see where that takes you. Because it's the quality of gentleness that brings us into felt relationship. It's and to to, you know, we're not gentle on ourselves. The the body's like a donkey that we drive <laughs> sure. through life. right Right? and how to embrace that and by driving the donkey through life we are overriding its intelligence we're rendering its intelligence mute and so how to come back and allow the gentleness of the breath to permeate the body and just see where it takes you
1: that's interesting would you say to start with something advanced like uh holotropic or pranayamic breathing? Or would you say just standard box breathing is fine? Just just get into a habit. That's how I started. It's just four seconds in, six second hold, six second out, six second hold, four seconds in, and just learning how to... Is that the sympathetic nervous system there? That you start to run it instead of it running you. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I see it slightly differently. (laughs) I have this thing personally about rules like (laughs) screw you (laughs) i mean a rule gives you the destination rule so a rule blocks something and and there's a there's a discipline that can be found within that that's helpful but what i find most nurturing is uncovering principles Hmm. so i wouldn't say there's a right way to breathe i just don't buy it every moment is different Every breath is a response to the moment. Every breath is a new response. But there's a principle that the whole of the body can be available to every breath. So our body is essentially fluid. And we forget that. But you're 65% water, in.
1: Right, it's fluid.
0: You're 65% (laughs) water. Your body is a fluid medium. And the breath... Is like a wave traveling through that medium. Hmm. And so how to reclaim for yourself the wholeness of your body with the breath, bit by bit. So you're softening the body into the breath, and you begin to feel the breath wave travel down through your legs to the soles of your feet and up through your body, the top of the head, down through the arms to the fingertips. And once you're body is released to the breath that way it's released to its natural fluidity and then the world feels more fluid you know you consolidate the self and you yeah. live within this cramped congested place and the world around you feels solid and cramped and congested you open to the natural spaciousness of your being yeah. and suddenly you recognize the natural spaciousness of the present
1: well wow. it's deep stuff I'm telling you, it, it's deep, but you know, it's really, it's very simple if you just really think about it and remove all of the preconceived notions that you have, right? If you if you just start to release those things or just just not think about those, this, this is actually very easy. So look, if you want to know about Philip, you want to learn more about him, you want to figure out where you can get the books, everything about the guest and more is going to be on our website, com forward slash Philip Shepard. Now let me spell this out. Mental purposepodcast.com forward slash Philip Shepherd. P-H-I-L-I-P S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Again, one L and last name, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. So Philip, this is deep. And just I want to let the audience know if you are getting this and want more. Philip and I are going to be doing some special stuff on our show over the next however long, year, 20 years, I'm, I'm saying 20 years. <laughs> well, we're going to get into the topics from his books and from his teachings in more depth. We'll, we'll dedicate one topic per episode, and he's going to be coming on, I think, every three weeks to a month. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from Philip Shepard in the next 20 years. (laughs) But let's jump back into it. So one thing I want to talk about that was really beneficial for me in my shift, literally of my being of my depth. I love this part of the book was you're either present or presentation mode. So you're present and in discovery, or you're in presentation mode just dive into that because that's huge for those of us that are entrepreneurs or we sell things or even with our spouses or children.
0: It's something our whole culture is stuck in is presentation yeah. mode. And it begins when you're a kid, It yeah. begins in infancy. So I think that what an infant most needs is to be seen, to be loved, to be unconditionally accepted. And, you know, you learn very quickly that the whole of your being isn't quite acceptable. You're too fussy, too noisy, too demanding, too whatever. And you learn to present yourself in a way that will win that hug or that nod of approval yeah. or that loving smile. And that carries on through adulthood. We present ourselves in a way that will help the other person See us in a certain way, agree with our opinions, you know, find our arguments brilliant, whatever it might be. And if you stay in presentation mode, you cannot be present because I see a real equivalence between presence and receptivity. Hmm. I'm fully receptive to you. I'm fully present to you. I'm fully right. present to you. I'm fully receptive to you. Now, if I'm in presentation mode, I am projecting an image, and I am actually trying to manipulate a response in the person I'm talking to. Now, the reality is you can't make that other person think or feel anything. They're, they're a separate being. Right, right. They've got right. their own, right? You can't control it. So the very premise of presentation mode is erroneous because it's not gonna work. The other person will feel you reaching into them wanting a certain response, which yeah. makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. So, the, yeah. but, but that's the only thing our culture understands because of this desire to be liked, to be acceptable that, that we've never weaned ourselves away from.
1: I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. And you're right, I mean, from that young age, we condition ourselves to get to what we want by being a certain way or presenting ourselves in a certain way. I remember the sales calls that I went on like sales meetings and, 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 uh, you know, as a real estate agent, I went on a lot of listing appointments and I remember thinking to myself, am I being curious right now? Or am I, cause you say something about curiosity, you say something about manipulation in the book. Whereas when you're sitting there in constant curiosity, that person doesn't feel the life force force field around you, and they feel open to be able to share more depth with you. And as I started to ask more questions and be more curious, instead of presenting myself and basically manipulating the answer that I needed to get, that opened up a whole new world for my sales business. And at the same time, what it opened up was an understanding of why and who I had created to be able to, or have to do those things. Like the person that I was, this being had to make these sales or I wasn't this. And it was a direct correlation. And I, I, I'm so thankful to you for that.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that happens is when you're truly present to someone, I think that's the greatest gift you can give to them. Yeah. And suddenly they feel safe. They feel completely seen and accepted. And then something genuine can can be exchanged. Yeah. But just about all we see around us is presentation mode. That's what's modeled. You know, you look at uh, you listen to the radio, or you look at the TV, or you you watch neighbors talking, and they're they're in presentation mode because we've, as a culture, we've so disconnected from our being. Yeah. All we've got left to go on is idea.
1: You know, this episode is going to air. We're still in COVID stuff. And there are a lot of people that are, are realizing things and becoming aware of things that they weren't when they were moving so fast before, or when they were in such heavy presentation mode before, or such heavy routine mode, job, kids, bills, house, vacation, like, you know, this is cycle. How does somebody who's now starting to become more aware and have more clarity, how do they catch themselves in presentation versus present mode?
0: There are giveaways for presentation mode. One is that your energy tends to go high in the body.
1: When you're in which mode? When you're in presentation mode. Okay.
0: Yeah. So the energy goes high in the body and you identify with your face. So my identity becomes my face. Hmm. And there mean? is this, there's a sense of reaching your Reaching wanting the other person to understand. I mean, I can go into presentation mode. Yeah, and demonstrate Um, if I'm in presentation mode, I'm really <laughs> helping you understand everything I'm saying and you can feel how my energy is up and I'm reaching and my face is me I've Got contracted it. into my face and presence is a state in which Your energy is at rest on the earth Hmm. Your sense of self isn't in the face. It's dilated into the world. And, you know, there's a way once the breath drops down and finds its home deep in the pelvic bowl, you can feel that breath as your identity. And then your, you know, what comes to mind is your animal self wakes up to the world. And I mean animal in the best possible way, that attunement to the present, that, you know, the way an animal feels everything. Yeah. And that can't happen when your identity is in the face, when your energy is reaching out of your body, when when your energy is disconnected from the earth.
1: Hmm. Is there a difference between being passionate about something and high energy and not presenting? But like, you know, the first time I talked to you, well, Tuesday on Zoom, I was excited and passionate, and and I didn't need to sell you on anything. I didn't need to present to you. I just wanted to share with you what you've helped me with, and you didn't know. How do you disconnect or know that you're in presentation versus maybe like being passionate in your present mode?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's about the place of rest. Where do you land in the body? Yeah, where's that place of rest and You know, to speak anatomically for me, it's on the pelvic floor. Yeah. That when I come home to myself, I'm at rest on the pelvic floor. And so the passion moves through, but you know, there's a way, there's a way in which the passion will disconnect from the pelvic floor or it will be nourished and carried by the energy of the pelvic floor. Yeah. And that, that connection is the difference between moving into reactive, passionate energy and remaining true to the currents of the present and the relationship with this other person.
1: Yeah. There's so many things we could talk about. And I, I we have a couple minutes left and I want to set us up for our next conversation because the next conversation, I think we're going to talk in depth about the depth of the body's intelligence. Mm. Can you give me just a I'll give our the audience just a snippet of that real quick. And then okay, um, here's
0: here's a, here's a snippet. Yeah your body processes a billion times more information than you can be consciously aware of. It's a billion to one. And so the ability to soften out of that segregated consciousness to accommodate all that is being felt in the body attunes your thinking and your sensitivity. It's like you come into the zone.
1: Well said. (laughs) Very well said. Well, and I'm so appreciative of the level at which you think and process and give the information back. Like I said in the beginning, it makes you think. And if you feel yourself getting overwhelmed or you feel yourself thinking like, I don't understand that. I almost feel like it's designed that way because it makes you raise the level at your skill to comprehend a deeper level of understanding of the body and the spirit and the mind and the soul. Like it's just take and, it for what it is.
0: Yeah. And the other aspect of that is the work is challenging Yeah, it's challenging things we've grown up with and never questioned That's right. and that are actually confining our freedom and yes. our being. They need to be challenged.
1: Yeah. And you know, reading your book is a, is a precursor to understanding the next challenge of your life. If you want to go to the depths that you say you want to go in terms of your growth or shift or 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 change, development, it's going to take some work. It's not easy. You can't go to a simple course and get everything you need for your life. It's an ongoing process and it will be challenging. You have to drop into it and you've got to set yourself up with a mindset of, This is for me, for the world. I have to do
0: this, you know? And one other thing just to add is that where we tend to go is what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting this? And the actual question is, what is wrong with our culture? Yeah, How can I free myself from that fallacy?
1: so true. I I went through that. I'm telling you, I, 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 I literally have the notes on my phone from Audible. I went through, it took me six months to read your book. Six months on Audible. It should have taken me like ten hours. Literally, took me six months because I kept going back and going back, and I would stop and I'd write out. I literally would. This is just a piece of advice to the audience. When you get Phillips' book, Radical Wholeness, I wrote out what he was saying because I didn't have the physical book in front of me, so I could start to look at the patterning in his words and just what how how the sentence made sense, and that helped my brain start to understand more the depth. And I haven't read many books like that. Not many books like that at all. So I applaud you for putting that piece of work out. It really made such a heavy impact in my life. I'm just, I'm I'm forever in gratitude to you, my friend. That's
0: <laughs> nice. lovely. Thank, thank yep. you. So, I'm so glad Rhonda suggested it to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, look, that's the end of our show. I want to I wanna thank our, our guest, Philip Shepard, for being on with us today and, you know, all of his wisdom and insight. And like I said before, wh- this isn't the end of Philip Shepard. He's going to be back on the show doing regular spots with us every couple weeks or every month. And we're going to get into some depth about one topic. So I'd love to hear from you, the audience, what do you want Philip to talk about on our next show? And like I say, it's going to be in June sometime. So, you know, what does that look like? And then speaking to the audience, thank everybody who's listening for for downloading and rating and and literally everything that you do for this show to make this show successful. I'm 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 so grateful for all of you. And remember, anything you want to know about the show, you got it in two spots. One, mentalpurposepodcast.com com forward slash Philip Shepherd. And you can find everything you need in the show notes. So once again, mentalpurposepodcast.com dot forward slash Philip Shepard or find everything about Philip in the show notes. And Philip, thank you again. Audience, thank you again. I will see you on the next episode of Men on Purpose.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests are Becoming a Man on Purpose, Visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.